Welcome back, gamers. Uh, today we're doing our Final Fantasy VII roundtable discussion. Um, we have, of course, myself, Adrian. How's it going? And JJ in the house. What's up, everybody? Um, we're going to start with overall visuals and soundtrack. Um, for me, seeing the characters that I grew up with brought to life in the way that they were was fantastic. Um, I think they did a, a really, really good job. Mm -hmm. Aerith, it was... Beautiful. She's <laughs> as stunning and gorgeous as can be. Best girl, hands down. Well, that's... Wait, well, it, this is the, the, hey, you're going to hear spoilers type episode. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to be going into a lot of spoilers. We're going to be talking plot twists, turns, characters, missions, everything. So, yeah, if, if, you're, you're, if you haven't finished the game yet, stop listening, you know, just... Let's go finish it and then come back and listen. Yeah, this is your chance now. If you have not finished the game, do not listen to this episode because it will be spoiled for you. Because and just because you played the original game or might have, <laughs> trust me, you don't know what's actually happening in this. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, because you know, you and I had even said that on the phone call before this. He's like, ah, I don't want to give you any spoilers. I'm like, dude, I beat this game like two decades ago. Like, I'm pretty sure I know what happens. You're like. Okay. <laughs> about that. So, yeah, anyway, uh, if you have not finished it, do not yep. listen. Final warning. Okay. Right. So, so yes. now that we got that out of the way, Aerith, best girl, hands down. She was absolutely gorgeous, stunning. Everything about her was perfect. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, you're allowed <laughs> to be wrong, but um, I hate Jesse was the rock in it. Wow, looks like we're all pulling straws here because <laughs> Tief was my number one. Oh, okay, cool. He likes sporty chicks with big boobs. All right, there well, we go. We got like, the trope done. Well, you know, <laughs> the thing about Tifa is she's the girl you take out to the bar and have a nice night with. Aerith is the one you bring home to mom. False. And then your stepbrother stabs her through the guts and she dies like she deserves. <laughs> I, I So I should probably preface that, or at least follow that up with, I spent so much time grinding Aerith at, in the original Oh, absolutely. I was like, that's my magic user. I'm going to load her up with materia. She's going to have four hit points. And, like, that is that is my solution for that problem. And then we get to the aforementioned scene and she dies. And, like, that that that's was traumatizing. I mean, in the, yes, a main character died, but... All your materia, well, all the best items you gave her, nothing, gone. Nothing, gone. Like, I've got nobody that fills this slot. Like, I've got Red 13, kind of. <laughs> well, and I, in the original, I always kept... Aerith in my party just so that I could level her up and mm -hmm. get her level four limit break. Mm -hmm. You know, well, I, let me, let me go back on that. <laughs> my first playthrough, not so much. Yeah. Subsequent playthroughs. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I knew what was coming. Yeah. Now imagine like tripping through the game, like you've got Aerith and all of a sudden she's got her level four because you... You, you know, you were good good amount of wandering. Like, why does this character have their level four and everybody else is on, like, two, maybe their first one of three? Surprise, surprise. Seven <laughs> seconds. Stab. <laughs> That's why. Okay, so her progression was actually finished. <laughs> <laughs> She's all done now. Um, so, yes, visually, uh, I got to say, they did a phenomenal job with Jess. I mean, you, you knew she was a female character in the original, but holy cow, they did an amazing job fleshing out 
all it, of the characters. It was like Square game. Enix thought or said, oh, you think Aerith and Tifa are best girls? <laughs> Here's a side character for you. <laughs> on the side note, where we cannot dis- we cannot agree on which one of the females was the best, they were all three just throwing it at Cloud. For sure. And he was swerving like a drunk on a bicycle. <laughs> the sort of guy that there was a class called How to Fumble the Bag 101. He would be the professor. Oh, my. I don't know if it was a, a vow of celibacy or what his deal was. You know, Maybe because he was a clone, he didn't have the, the proper parts. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure he had the parts, just no drive. Well, no, he's chock full of adrenaline. Look at that guy's arms. Right. Again, the graphics phenomenal. So I mean, it takes a hell of a man to swing an eight foot sword, <laughs> one handed. Right. On a motorcycle, and Do- switch hands and <laughs> switch all hands. while driving a bike. <laughs> well, don't you know he was soldier first class? <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, we know. He only said it a thousand times during the game. For sure, for sure. But uh, visually, the game was very. It was very easy on the eyes. I mean, when you get to the Midgar uh, Sector 7 slums, Mm -hmm. it's like, wow, this is exactly how I envisioned it when I played it all those years and years ago. For sure. You look up at the plates and you just, you can tell it was a pre-rendered background, Mm -hmm. but if you didn't actually focus or know what a pre-rendered background is, you couldn't even tell. Like, it was amazing. How do you guys feel like it stacked up against Advent Children, though? Because, like, that was my bar for how I thought I was. It looked like I was playing Advent Children, right? Honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And let's not get started on Wall Market. <laughs> Wall Market was beautiful. Oh, my it's God. Just... Yeah, absolutely. The Honey Bee Inn, the way they expanded everything. Oh, I love what they did with the Honey oh, Bee Inn. Yeah, the way they turned it into a burlesque club. Oh, yeah. Yes, I was all for it. Yeah, and the the mini game that you go through at the Honey Bee Inn was I. You're trying to like do it and do it well, you know, because quest and I'm playing a game. I'm right. Do well on the game, but you get distracted by just how you know elegant the whole camera work was and the. The timing for your buttons on looking at the beautiful thing swinging by. <laughs> I, I played enough Guitar Hero growing up that the button part was not a problem. I was like, that's a purple out the corner of my eye. And hit. That's yeah. blue. Hit. Green. Right. Hit. Circle. Square. Yeah. Hit. Hit. I got this. Yeah. I'm just going to admire. <laughs> yeah. um, going in the same direction as visuals, the music. Oh, uh, One Winged Angel, the new version of it, that is hit. perfection. So... Anyone who really knows me knows that I am a massive fan of One Winged Angel. I can listen to One Winged Angel on repeat every day, constantly. I love all the remixes out there of it, but it, I personally think it's the greatest musical score ever produced. Mm. And I genuinely mean that this new rearrangement was just mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. I, I was so nervous for how they were going to do it. I was like, you know, are they just going to insert... An Advent Children version without the electric guitar, or are they gonna add an electric guitar? And then it's just, it starts out not, it, it starts out familiar, but then it just deviates and it's all over the place. But the way it's all over the place works, and then it crescendos into the into the full actual version, and that's where like, yeah, I'll get into that later on. But Adrian shed that, a tear. <laughs> I did. I I was, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, God damn, this is just. Perfect. Everything about the new One Weed Angel was absolutely beautiful. And then the Airbuster track on the soundtrack. 
I was losing my collective self when when that when that da -na 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 starts playing. I'm like, I had to pause and I'm jumping up and down in my apartment, all excited and happy and crying. I'm like, yes, cranking up the sound bar. Oh, my neighbors hate me. I don't care. <laughs> They're gonna play this game too, <laughs> whether you like it or not. <laughs> uh, that was you know, a great illustration there about how it, it starts off familiar, which is you know sort of the hallmark of this entire game. Um, top to bottom is it starts off familiar enough to be like ah this this is right where i need to be this is my groove and then it throws a new thing at you and you're like, like oh I, yes i'm like yeah i'm with it i'm with it let's yep. keep going and yep. then you get that that actual tune mm -hmm. and you're like well now i really am with it like i'm home yep. right now and it cracked me up every single time when you finished a battle and Bear would go da 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 every yeah. single time. Oh, man. Uh, I, I love the, the trash talking at the end of the battles between the guys, like, towards the start of the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we make a pretty good team. Shut the hell up. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so if we had to, like, really focus on the soundtrack for a few minutes here, what would we say is our favorite tracks, Okay. Like, obviously, mine were the Airbuster Battle, One Winged Angel Rebirth, and another one I would say would be the new rendition of the Prelude and Eris theme. What would everyone else's favorite track be? I could get on board with the Airbuster, definitely. I, it's, it's the nostalgia factor for me, um, because as we've established, I'm the purest of the group. Because <laughs> um, for me... The original is the greatest game ever made. Mm -hmm. Right up there. And, you know, so that's why I had a hard time kind of accepting some of the things in the remake. Well, we'll get to those later. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get there. Um, but, so I can definitely get down with Airbuster because because of the nostalgia factor. Yeah. That's uh, that's me too with the the Airbuster theme. Like you said, it's just, it hits you right there. This is the right place for this exact music. But also the the new new version of One Winged Angel. I mean, you just think of who Sephiroth is in the gaming universe, let alone just just who he is in Seven. He's a very iconic figure, and he has his theme song that is unmistakable. Oh, so I there there too. You know, just the chill factor of of Sephiroth's theme. It's amazing how one single game can take a character like Sephiroth and turn him into an immediate icon that you mm -hmm. recognize. Instantly, you hear that violin, you know who it is right then and there. Yeah. But I really think that Nobuo Uemetsu, he did probably his most fantastic job ever with this new soundtrack. I mean, there's about 128 tracks. This game officially has the highest amount of tracks and music scores produced for any Final Fantasy game. I think right below it was Final Fantasy XII with about 98. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong on there. I was just reading about that the other day. You know, he really outdid himself with the Turks theme, with the Hell House battle music. Mm -hmm. What else did he... It was just amazing. And then you got remixes of, of the actual songs in there. Like, you got the techno version of the fighting theme. Yeah. When you're doing... <laughs> The pull-ups and the squat mini-games. Oh, don't get me started on those pull-ups. Don't get me started on the pull-ups. I don't realize what was so hard about those pull-ups, guys. I mean, you just you beat beat the guy and you're done. Just push the buttons in order. Spoken like someone who hasn't completed it. <laughs> oh, no, he, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, no, he screenshotted it. I've seen it. He, he won it. I have spent 
three plus hours trying to beat it. Since you beat it while you were here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And when you're done here, you know, you can go to my place too. Okay. (laughs) So you can get that second championship belt. Right. I don't care about the belt. I want the, the, I want the trophy. You got to platinum it. That's right. right. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it didn't take a while, but I mean. (laughs) And I mean, overall, this is definitely the best soundtrack that Square Enix has put out for any Final Fantasy game. And I mean, myself Mm -hmm. personally, I've got the. $77 $77 limited edition of the soundtrack, and it's eight discs on pre-order, and I'm just waiting for it to ship out. I'm nice. excited. Nice. Yeah, just the way they took what we knew from the original and expanded it to to fit the new mm-hmm. game just kind of, yeah. it, it was special to me. You know, they, they, did, they did the same with some of the secondary characters. You know, Biggs and Wedge and, mm-hmm. and Jesse. Jesse and the Turks and, you know, guys who... We knew from the original, they played a, a small part, and they made it a, a huge part, and just brought them brought them to life for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that was that was something I really really enjoyed. They really brought them to life in a way that makes you realize this is exactly what I was envisioning. Yeah, when right. I was playing it all those years ago, and what I always still saw before the remake come out. Right now, and and for the most part, you know, in in the game they. Sounded how they sounded in my head twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and I think that that's what really impressed me. Yeah, they did a phenomenal job grabbing voice actors for the individual characters. I mean, you know, it's really funny how um, Scott doesn't like a particular TV show called MTV Teen Wolf. Yeah, but the voices of Cloud Strife and Sephiroth are from Teen Wolf. That's <laughs> where they got their start. <laughs> it's like wow, we kind of came full circle on that just a little bit. Hey, Wedge came from Breaking Bad. So. That's true. Like, and, and it took yeah. me a moment to realize. Wait a minute, that's Badger. Yeah. Well, and then I think the voice actress for Aerith was just a Twitch streamer, mm-hmm. and she was just very excited to try it out, and she really wanted to play the role, and she got it. I'm like, that's making it big right there. Mm-hmm. That's quite the leap. Well, and props to the voice actors for for doing a phenomenal job. Like you said, they sound exactly like they were supposed to. You know, even when you stack it up against Advent Children, those voices are, they're right there. Um, you know, Sephiroth, I don't know, I don't know, I'm just going to come off as the biggest Sephiroth fangirl in the world. Oh no, podcast. I'm right there with you. <laughs> but, you know, that that deep, not a growl, but it's it's got a force to it. And, you know, major props to that voice actor. You know, I know there's not an Emmys necessarily for voice acting with um, video game right. characters, but... I, that that guy's best actor right there, hands down for me. Well, they could have gotten Steve Burton and George Newbern back for Cloud and Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. In fact, they really could have gotten everyone back from the English dub of Advent Children. But if I remember correctly, Nomura said in an interview they could have done that, but it wouldn't have felt right because not only is this supposed to be the Final Fantasy VII retelling or remake for mm-hmm. us who grew up playing that game, but it's also supposed to be for the new generation to experience Final Fantasy VII for the first time. Yeah. So he said, we decided to go ahead and get new voice actors and a whole new voice cast that the younger generation would be more familiar with. Yeah. And so you got Tyler Hecklin voicing Sephiroth and Cody Christian voicing Cloud now. And ironically enough, they really, I don't want to say ironically, but just overall, they really, they brought their A game. And I can really say I'm proud of them for bringing these characters to life the way they did. Yeah, did a fantastic job. Um, and looking at secondary characters, you know, they added a bunch of characters that we didn't have the first go-round. I mean, um, so, like, Johnny is not a character I remember at all. Yeah, oh, he's there. Because, yeah. um, 
matter of fact, my wife is playing through the original yeah. right now just because she had so many questions yeah. about, you know, who is this guy? You know, why is this happening? So I told her, I said, you have to play through the original before I can go into yeah. this. And she was just at, at Walmart okay. and he's so, standing okay. outside of Walmart. All right. So I, you know, you have a whole quest line where you follow him around. If if you do side quests, right? Where you, you do some of us <laughs> all right, did all the all right. side quests. A certain individual over here. I did a majority of them. Yeah. I went over to I went over to his house. Yeah. And he breaks it out and he's playing it and I says, "Oh, hey, do you have this item or hey, do you have this weapon?" He's like, "No, where do you get that?" <laughs> well, if you would do the side quests. Yeah. yeah. I. So, if you go look at my save file, I'm missing four side quests, and all four of those are from, like, the last three chapters, where I found out I was going to be here today, and like, oh, I need to finish this game. Check the box. I think my completion time is 35 hours right now. So, I busted through that last couple sections of it. I'll go back, and, you know, I've got some arena stuff I've got to go finish up with the new arena content. Uh, but, I, and then those couple side quests. So. I was say my completion time was 47 hours. Yeah. I can't remember mine, but I think it was just like right at, I think just over yours, perhaps. How was it over mine and you didn't do any side quests? Oh, I spent a lot of time grinding. <laughs> a lot of time grinding. What took you so long? I level capped. What <laughs> took you so long? I level capped. Yeah, but it took you longer to complete than it took me. I and did, I did side quests. I didn't level cap, but I have a lot of fully mastered healing material. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a lot of uh, fully leveled HP up material. <laughs> See, that, that's yep. that's one thing I, I took issue with was the amount of material that I had compared to the limited slots that I had. It did feel really limited. I mean, just, you know, the stuff that you need, all of the new material they added that, you know, seems really vital, really. Like... Assess materia. I don't think I had a single battle where I didn't have a character with assess equipped on it. Well, that, that's that's the original equivalent to sense. Yeah, scan, yeah sense. The sense yeah. materia, right? Um, but yeah, just I had you know tons of materia that never even got slotted because yeah. limited spots. I yeah. mean, but with the new fighting system, I really didn't use magic as much as i would have in the old one they really put an emphasis on close quarter combat in this one yeah, yeah. and just the fluidity of you know strike and dodge and yeah. but um going back to secondary characters because we kind of got off topic a little bit um i i really enjoyed the expanded role of jesse mm -hmm. and the the whole storyline and missions just for jesse and yep. you you learn why she's in avalanche and why she's doing what she's doing they really mm -hmm. made jesse one of the more personal characters compared to biggs and wedge yeah. let's go around i mean like you got that mission where you go to her parents house yep. and right. you see that her dad is in a coma yeah from mako poisoning yeah, yeah. it's it really hits it really tugs at the heartstrings okay honestly. and hold on 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 a sidebar here my entire life, I always called it Mako, but now in the new game, they're calling it Mako. Mako. And, then, and yeah, I was Mako Energy as well. I mean, because we're Americans, we say things with an American dialect. Mako Energy, right? I no, it, it's Mako. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah, the green sauce. But it, green right, sauce. but it just, it just the way I always have always thought it to yep. be. Just 
Anyway, going back to her <laughs> Sorry, Jesse, we met her parents. It's important. Right, right. It, it, it really was for her, especially with what happens later on. You know, you're getting connected to a character that had little to no really influence in the original game. But yeah. now they're, like, putting her front and center. She's going from a side character to a main character. Right, and you yeah. find out that... that her parents think she's a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, Which at one point she obviously was, but yeah. she clearly decided to jump off of that and go to freedom fighting. Right. So you uh, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit with how important Jesse was. In the original game, Like you kind of hated Jesse because she made you do the stupid everybody button at the same time. <laughs> right. Uh, like, ah, this character, oh, she died, that sucks. Right. Like, no, this go around though, you meet her mom, you meet her dad, you hear her sob story with, you know, her, her dad has been hurt by this company who doesn't give two farts about her. And now she's she's in this freedom fighting thing. She's super hot this go around. And then the exact same thing happens and you're like, why make me care? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think we should save that for when we get to the whole story discussion yeah. because that that particular moment in the game that really, mm. I'll I'll get to that in a little yeah. bit, but you know, with the way they expanded all of these characters and the way that they've set things up for some of these characters, mm-hmm. it's really making you wonder what's really going to happen. I mean, look at what they did with Biggs and Wedge. Yeah, they have what they they got them to be likable characters yeah. that you feel connected to now. Well, and if you did the uh, the Troll King side quest where you get the nail bat. I mean, right. you find out Biggs is a pretty good guy. Right. right? Works with that orphanage. And, For someone know. who comes off pretty, I don't know, what would you say? Uh, well, I mean, he's not, he's not a rough guy, but he's definitely a bachelor. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see it. I, you know, he's, he's a guy who does his own thing and has a pretty loose, not loose moral code, but like he's going to kind of do whatever it is he needs to do. Right. And but then when you find out that he actually used to work for the orphanage and has a connection with these kids, you're like, no. so the whole tough guy persona is really that, just a persona. Yeah. He's a caring guy who actually gives a damn. Yep. You know, and they also introduced new characters. You know, they had another member of Soldier that... that Roach. Right. He was cool. I liked yeah. him. Uh, we had talked a little bit about that fight with, like, just, hey, insert extra bad guy. From soldier, but he wasn't really a bad guy per se. He was just—he was just someone who he was just, on patrol and bored. <laughs> right. He, he just wanted to to have com- fun. Right, and to to uh, what am I looking for here? To match up against Cloud, just yeah. to kind of see what he was made of. He yeah. saw these guys on this on that little highway on their mm-hmm. bikes, and he was all. Basically, he's having his night. Well, like I can't believe I'm on patrol. I hope something exciting happens. They speed by. Wish granted. Let's go have some fun. All of you, get out of here. I'm gonna go. I'm, it's me and Cloud. Like he didn't even care that he yeah. was attacking other Shinra guys. He was yep. all like, "I don't care if we work together. Yep. This is my fight. Right. <laughs> the and hell then, out of and here." And then later in the game, he comes in and basically saves you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that was a sign of, "Hey, you know, we had our duel. You bested me. Yeah. You know, I. Yeah. We're we're gonna be. I'm like you are now my rival. Like you know, you see an anime all the time. Like. Um, Naruto and Sasuke, like, they're they're rivals. Oh yeah, yeah. But they're also kind of buddies, right? So same I can kind see of that. thing to me. He, he, okay, so if Roach is with that dynamic out there, and Roach obviously still being alive, you know, do you think he's going to come back in the in the following parts and kind of yeah. change up that dynamic? Maybe be a playable character. That would be exciting. 
I don't know if he's going to be a playable character. He is going to feature, though. Like, there's no way you, like, for sure. you, you inject can't a character. You can't introduce someone like him and be yeah. like, oh, he's one and done. He's yeah. gone. You fought like, him no, once. He, he saved you once. I really expected to see him on the way out of Midgar. Like, that he was going to be that last boss at the end of the highway instead of the been. dinosaur on a four-wheeler. The, the motorball. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I anticipated that was going to be the change there, that he was the boss at the end of the road in Midgar. I don't know how many people would really um, <laughs> like to that. Like, you got a lot of fans who are like, okay, cool, let's get a change, but then no motorball, and you're like, yep. where's the motorball? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, coming to the end of it, going, you know, coming out of the Shinra HQ on the Hardy Daytona, mm-hmm. I knew motorball was coming. Yeah. You know, so that... I, to, for them, if they would have changed that, yeah. it would have really broken my heart. I, it wouldn't have been the first heartbreaker they changed. Though. No, no. <laughs> so, like, continuing on with sad characters, I mean, what do we all collectively think how they represented the Shinra employees? President Shinra, Heidegger, Scarlet, Hojo, and Reeve. Uh, start top down. So, Shinra. Uh he, he is a man who has power. He knows it. When he's dangling off the edge of the building, he is a man without power and his true colors show. Until you help him up and then he's like, huh. no, <laughs> stick a gun in your face. Here you go. Which you saw that gun earlier. Right. It was in the museum. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, I know that. <laughs> and then here comes Rufus. Yeah. So. Ah, uh, Rufus. <laughs> no. Or, or as I like to call him, as I've been taught. Rufus ain't nepotism a bitch, Shinra. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good-ass fight. Oh, my God. It was such a good fight. I mean, like, can we agree? (laughs) No. (laughs) Because one of my favorite things about Seven was the enemy skill materia, and I loved using enemy skill materia. I was very happy that enemy skill materia was in the remake. Do you know what skill Rufus didn't use in that fight? (laughs) He didn't use trying. And if you don't get trying from Rufus there, you have to wait till you get to the caves in Nibelheim before you find another monster that uses it. Yeah. And it's an amazing lightning skill, super beneficial, also very pretty. And he didn't use it, so I don't like him. <laughs> I think what I really liked about Rufus Shinra was how he could wave dash with a shotgun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bayonetta who? Yeah. What's the recoil got to be like on that hand cannon? Oh, my gosh. That was such an awesome fight. Oh. It, it was, it was it, a it good really fight. It really made you think. You're like, okay, wait a minute. He keeps counting everything. Hold on. Thundaga. Gotcha. And yeah. then you're just like, hit him with magic. Hit him with magic. Hit him with magic. Hit him with your sword. <laughs> and it just repeat, but just the way he was brought in, yeah. Like, okay, we, President Shin was gone. He's dead. Woo. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Who's this guy? Yeah. Oh, and that's that's well, an interesting battle tactic you had. I counterstruck that guy for forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, once I realized that blocking and trying to hit him with my buster sword was only going to do so much mm-hmm. and there's got to be another tactic so finally when i decided to try magic because yeah. I, like i said i'm more of a close quarters combat guy yeah. i like to get up and dirty with my bosses mm-hmm. i was like okay you know i can do this yeah heidegger was everything i expected him to be yeah um he was more lean and muscular than he Definitely was in the original yeah, i mean true. in the original he was a short fat guy <laughs> But uh, as far as his attitude towards everything, it was exactly what I expected. Yeah, that was that was a spot on deal. One of my favorite Shinra characters 
is Professor Hojo. They did Hojo some serious justice. Absolutely. Yeah, super creepy, super weird. Yeah. And he has like just enough of that pedo mustache for you to not trust him. But in the shadow, <laughs> he does have the mustache, so he looks serious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, he was... His- he was definitely very well done, and like you just you want to hate his it. little John Lennon glasses. Yeah, and it's like what I really love what they didn't do. I'm so thankful that they didn't reveal it already. Is that the fact that Hojo is actually Sephiroth's father? Mm-hmm. So like obviously that reveal is going to come down way down the line, and yep. it's going to catch a lot of new players off guard. Yep. Yeah. Um, just the the reason that Aerith and Sephiroth matter to each other, and how Hojo, and then. Professor Gast, beyond that, how he's important. Like, that's part of what makes this game so great is how deep the story was back in 1997. Yeah. And you really caught me off guard that the mayor was your inside guy. Yeah. Like, when, when you got to that part and the mayor's like, hey, I'm your inside information because they decided to stick me in this broom closet and yep. say, you're the, air quotes, mayor, but you have no power. It's kind of like yeah. the Queen of England. You yeah. have no power. You have a title. Yeah. <laughs> he seemed like, I don't know, maybe it's because Barrett is a guy with a gun on his arm. Like, oh, yeah, that's that guy from Avalanche. But he really gave that information up pretty fast. Right. <laughs> but I think at that point, he already had been following not only what we were doing uh, as Avalanche, but also the intel that Shinra had. Yeah. Right. So he knew, you know from just us running through the building, yeah. who we were. Yeah. So for him to give up that information that quick didn't really bother me. <laughs> who was, I can't remember his name, but the, I know I forgot a Shinra higher up. Like he's the shorter, older, fatter dude. Palmer? Palmer. Yeah, Palmer. When he's, science and aeronautics. When he spills his tea, when Sephiroth's what? walking down the hall. Yeah. yeah. And he keeps trying to say, he keeps talking at that meeting. I saw Sephiroth and everyone's like, no, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's been dead for five years. Get out of here. About that. Yeah. <laughs> now, Scarlet, on the other hand. Whew. <laughs> She's definitely a top. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, darling, I don't care how evil you are. <laughs> <laughs> She's all relaxing in that laboratory, and then like, oh, we're making material, but it's going south. She goes, I'm out of here. You're all dead. I'm like, yeah. that's Scarlet. Yep. That is definitely yeah. Scarlet. So the both her and then you know Palmer to an extent like they didn't really matter much to that that section of the story as far as like what was happening but they did a great job introducing who those characters were why they mattered well the, well yeah because later on in the I'm, I'm gonna say maybe part three because when I got an idea of how part two was gonna end but I'm gonna say part three is when they're gonna be more prominent again yeah because you know Scarlet has that cannon built mm-hmm. and. She's she's the one who's trying to take over Shinra from Rufus yep. down the line. So what I'm thinking is obviously they set them there because they're going to be important later yep. on. Especially Palmer. Like I, we're going to get through Rocket Town. I think mm-hmm. in, in part two and how Heidegger was like he was sort of the central board member we were focusing on at least in the first half. Then we get into Hojo a little bit. Right. But uh, yeah, Palmer is going to be our next board member that is the big pain in our ass as far as. You know, the, no, I actually, I, well, yeah, but I think our actual main pain in our ass is going to be Rufus from yeah. here on out. But, you know, 
You're, it's going to be like the Nemesis system almost or something akin to it from the Shadow of Mordor games, you know. You got your primary antagonist, yeah. but then right below him, you got obviously mm-hmm. his footmen that you got to take care yeah. of, his lieutenants and everything. And yep. Palmer's definitely going to be the next one. Yeah, and that's that's what I was trying to get. Yeah, Rufus is going to be there. Hojo is going to be throughout the game till the end. But yeah, Palmer's our next board member that is going to be the pain. All right, because in in the original, you square off against Palmer when you get to Rocket Town. That's what I'm we were just saying. Desperately looking forward to that fight. I. I think um, for those of us that got the Soldier First Class Edition, it came with the Cloud on the Hardy Daytona. Right. I think hopefully for the second part, we will get a tiny Bronco. That would be fantastic. <laughs> for part two, Super Cool Guy Edition. Right. Yep. And then eventually, of course, the airship. Yeah. Because oh, that would be nice. what's more iconic than the airship? Oh, high wind. I, you might just have to buy a high wind. See, I'm poor. But I might have to have a high end. Well, me personally, I had the Soldier First Class Edition pre-ordered the immediate second they went live at E3 last year. Yeah, I, I pre-ordered it, and then they said, hey, we'll, we'll, we won't debit your account until later. So I got in line for it, and then my income taxes hit, and I says, debit. Debit now. Take it now. Because so. with, with, with as an avid as a fan as I am, mm-hmm. I couldn't pass it up. For sure. Um, so, you know, kind of getting back on track with the story. So we talk about how um, there's this deuce ex machina that exists in the game now called Whispers that oh. I think is just oh, there, there to, go. like, dig square out of the hole they just wrote themselves into. Sephiroth stabs Barrett. That's not how that works at all. <laughs> like, right. no, it's cool. There was He got him. He's alive. Now. It's okay. So, I think, I think these these whispers really just exist to to dig them out of a hole, and I I don't dig it at all. I kept thinking, all right, maybe these are like ancients from the live stream, and they're they're help. No, they're not helping you. They're inhibiting you most of the time. You see, when the whispers came in, I I didn't know what they were at first, but it wasn't until you get to the church with Aerith. Yeah. That I began to realize what they were. Mm-hmm. Because you got moments where Aerith is about to fall off the balcony, the whispers catch her. Mm-hmm. And they're guiding them on the path that you walk on in the original game. And it, so yep. then finally, when Red 13 tells you what they are, I had that immediate knew it moment. Like, I knew it. Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, that's what he meant by Arbiters of Fate. It's just right. the thing that it, makes the story work. They're, they're the purists. <laughs> I, I've seen it on Reddit countless times already. They're the fans mm. that are like, they changed my game. That's me. <laughs> well, see, I, you and I both knew they were going to change parts of it. And we made peace with that because it's a remake, not a remaster. Well, see, I don't think that's what it is. To a certain extent, I knew they were going to change it. But... <sighs> Yeah, okay, so are we ready to hear my thoughts on this? Sure. Not, I, no, 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 we're not there yet. <laughs> Let's, we'll get to that. I mean, that, that's still to come. I want yeah. to discuss the new way that they did weapons. Okay. You know, there's, there's a good amount of weapons, mm-hmm. but in the original, there's more. Yeah. And the way they did the... Um, uh, the what is the skill points yeah. for your weapon? Yeah. So that essentially by the end, 
you could really use whichever one was more aesthetically pleasing to you because yeah, if you put out your skill points just right, they were all basically the same. They were very comparable to each other at least. Yeah. Right. So whichever one you thought looked cooler, basically. Yeah. Um, but I, I appreciate the the abilities with each weapon mm -hmm. where you had to use said weapon for so long to become proficient yep. in that ability and then you could you know use that ability with whichever weapon so i yeah. appreciated that um so what was the ability we used the most personally i oh. i was really big on infinity breaker before i discovered the magic of triple slash <laughs> yeah oh yeah triple yeah. slash i used a lot a lot yeah. um actually I, my only gripe with triple slash was that it didn't stay on my target like, because it would yoink me to the other side of the map to go hit that guy. Yeah, well, and the then idea, if I was lucky, it would yoink me back to the one that I was trying to kill. The idea of triple slash is you're supposed to hit multiple, three, multiple enemies. enemies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you're facing a one on one, like yeah. a certain boss battle at the end, yeah. you're going to focus on that primary target. But if there's more than one enemy, you're going to go back and forth yeah. between all three. Yeah, and, and it was handy at, at certain times. But yeah, Infinity Breaker was my jam. Um, also, when the, it landed. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you got it. Like when they're pressured Stag or staggered, yeah. that was the time. Um, otherwise, it would have been force thrust. Yeah, like that was my, that was my good stagger move. Yeah, that cloud. It took me a, a while to realize that's the stagger move I want. Yeah, yeah. you know, and one thing that that I kind of frustrated me was when you went to cast Thundagra, mm -hmm. how long it took you to cast it. And then you'd get interrupted. And I'm like, come on. Or when you tried to heal, yeah. right. you'd get interrupted. Yep. It took forever for him. He'd stand there and start glowing and then nothing. I'm like, yep. Or the worst part was when right in the middle of the animation, you get hit and then it just cancels out. Yeah. Like, great. So yep. now I'm low on health and low on MP. And right. still costs you your ATB, which was... ATB was handled, I, I knew, because this is functionally a hack-and-slash RPG at this point, ATB was still going to have to matter somehow how mm -hmm. you do it. But, like, when I played the original, mine was always on active. I mean, it's always rolling. It's always filling up. Well, and I had it to where the first thing I would do in every battle was cast haste all. Yeah. In this one. Yeah. So, well, that's not all anymore. It's magnify. Yeah. Which... What, same concept, different name. And you get one. Yeah. Um, so I would always cast Haste All. Yeah. Because then your ATB just... Well, and then your secondary characters would actually do something. Right. Right. <laughs> I didn't... See, and I, I got really good at switching characters. Yeah. You know, I think that's something that Square Enix wanted you to do. Yeah, you're they, not just focusing solely on one character. If you're focusing on one character, you're going to have a bad time. Right. Like, like you, you're supposed to function them all as yep. a team because that's what they are. They're a team. Right. Like, your secondary characters will kind of do stuff. Yep. But to get maximum efficiency, you have to switch. Yep. Who did you switch to most often? Like, who's your favorite non-cloud character to use in a fight? Tifa. No I, either just because of her speed, yeah, she was so so fast. Yeah. Either Tifa or Barrett, because like Scott said, Tifa was your speedy one, mm -hmm. but Barrett was your tank. Yeah. Like if you had to split all the characters, Aerith is obviously going to be your primary magic and healer. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Barrett is your tank. Tifa is your speedy. Yeah. Cloud is your balanced. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I use Cloud a lot because I found out, you know, pretty quickly, whichever character you're controlling, that's the primary target for whoever's on the battlefield. Yep. Mm-hmm. So instant switch to Barrett because he, he's got good HP. He's got that steel skin ability. And then also later on Lifesaver. And he's, he, all of his attacks generally do a fair amount of stagger to most of the enemies. So he was a phenomenal primary for me battle character to use. I... And his focus shot was really... It really helped you get your en- your enemy staggered a lot mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. I wasn't overly fond of fighting with Aerith just because I couldn't do physical damage. Like, well, yeah, I she's, she's not the fighting type. That was the idea. Well, then why give me a bladed staff if I can't stab you? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> you gotta whack him with the guard stick so it goes boong. Right. <laughs> Why, why give me a bladed staff if I can't hit you with it? Because it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to steal it from death. Yeah. Literally, yeah. <laughs> but, no, um, it, it was... Tifa was definitely my number two in the fights. Yeah. Um, especially in the arena. Mm-hmm. Just because she was so fast and her uh, her uppercut and... When you could get um, the star, star, uh, star sparkle, whatever. Yeah. That's not what it was, but star sparkle. Right. <laughs> you know. It, it was a move that was, dev- you see in action, like, yeah, that's definitely Tifa. Yeah. Absolutely. Then you follow that up with, a, you know, the diving kick. I yeah. used a ton of damage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or her limit break of, wasn't Dolphin Blow, was it? it? Was yeah. Dolphin. Yeah. No. No. It was they specifically made it not Dolphin Blow. Yeah, it was. It was like dolphin, dolphin strike or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. yeah. With that, ooh. all four times I got to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to use. Um, well, I got to use enough because I between grinding and yeah. you know, especially later on in Shinra HQ when you go into the battle simulator, yeah. that's that's where I grinded the most to make level cap mm-hmm. was in that battle simulator. That's where a lot of players grinded the most to hit the level cap. Yeah. Oh, and you get the um, um, ability accelerator, something like that, from... His name's not Chun-Li, but I, I read Japanese too fast and it came out Chun-Li. The, the kid who gives you the materia for the battle oh, stats. Oh, um, Chadley. Chadley. Chadley, yeah. 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 And, and so... Sorry, I forgot where I was going with this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, so you get the action accentuator from him. Uh, or from about the time you meet him, really. And for every time you use up an ATB, you get a little bump to your limit break. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that is that is Cloud. Cloud's going to have that for all eternity. From the moment I get it until we fall off the road at Midgard, that's what Cloud is using. He was. I gave him the refocus material, which was invaluable in certain boss fights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of your limit bar. <laughs> I know where this is it going. goes to zero. Every fight. (laughs) That's how you beat Ruby Weapon. You go fight Scrubs till you get your limit break. Right. (laughs) If I have a full limit at the end of a battle, when I come into the next battle, I expect to have a full limit bar. But you don't. They remade that. Clearly. (laughs) I couldn't tell. So, like, were there any weapons we were... I mean, Sadly, missing. Because, like, I'm one of those guys who, when you finish a game, 
you want to go back feeling as OP as possible. Just, just so you have that real Emperor Palpatine moment yeah. of unlimited power. So yeah. I was hoping, like, oh, you finished the game. Here's the ultimate weapon, so you can just have your fun. No, 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 ab- no, oh, no. See, this is this is disc one, baby. Like, right. I know that. You're not supposed to have the nail bat, and you got the nail bat. Right. You don't get that. Till. I mean, as useless as it was, it oh was pretty useless. God. But you got to get the ability for the achievos. I mean, for those of us who actually got it from the side quest, <laughs> didn't have to buy it. Man, how big does that vending machine got to be? What if it gets stuck on a nail? <laughs> <laughs> just out there with your hard edge, just, I want it! But no, <laughs> absolutely no ultimate weapon yet. No. We still got... Or at the very least, Ragnarok or something. No. No, not... We still... That, that's a whole side quest. Right. <laughs> We still have two more parts at least to go. No, yeah. actually, yeah, you're right. There's, because if we were to get Ragnarok now, you'd have all those new players be like, wait, I got to do a side quest for a weapon I got in part one? And then you that's that's one that had a full, fully linked, but there was no no AP gain, which was oddly absent from this game. The the double AP. Yeah, or I noticed the, the that no too. I noticed that too. Yeah. Uh, double materia growth, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, you get that in... When you finish the game, yeah, well, it, 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 I, it triple it, double it doubles, it, it doubles or triples it, yeah. right? But no, you, you get what armaments. triple XP and double AP, yeah. Which when you hit the level cap, what's the point of all that XP, <laughs> right? But no, but back to JJ's point is, you know, in the original, it's this weapon has normal growth, this weapon has no growth, yep. this weapon has triple growth. You looked forward to getting those double and triple growth weapons. You know, they might have had. Not as many materia slots, yep. but you could grow your stuff a whole lot faster. Well, yeah. Well, the the benefits of the triple growth ones, though, like were when you needed a second and third copy of mine, well, materia would breed. You would get another materia, which doesn't happen in the remake. No. But as far as just like the regular materia goes, like you get enough of everything. For the most part, with one major exception, it's magnify. Okay. Right. Magnify. I only found one magnify. There's only one in the game. Even if you yeah. even if you go back to that chapter, yeah. See, I, I haven't gone back to the chapter because I know I went back to a couple of chapters and did some stuff, and the material that I got the first time was there again. I would severely, I so like I said, I finished it less than twelve hours ago. I went back because I had to go find Chadley to complete a quest that I had done, but I I didn't go back and like raid the material spots. I hope that's the case. Because you, you need at least three, four, five all materia. Oh, yeah. And, hell, in the original, I spent so much time leveling up my alls just so I could sell them. Yeah. <laughs> a master all was worth quite a quite a good haul. Yeah. Well, so, we're, so we're talking about Chadley, you know. Who got all the summons? Because I didn't. I did not get Bahamut. Nah, I wanted Bahamut so bad. But when I heard from a buddy of mine just how hard he is i was at that point like i'm ready to just finish the main story right now i'll go back and get him another time (laughs) yeah wait what am i missing so you get um shiva right i got i got fat chocobo shiva and leviathan and leviathan Leviathan. you can get bahamut bahamut whatever (laughs) this has been going since final fantasy one bro like (laughs) am i missing what am i missing with chadley though i thought i had no Bahamut is the last summon that you can get from him, but you need to complete all of his th- side quest deals. 
I think I'm. I think I'm missing. Have one. Have you mastered all twelve attack materia? I think that's what that I'm quest missing. is the dumbest one ever. I think that's the one I'm missing. Okay, is probably. But a buddy of mine told me that Bahamut is just too difficult to really even try with. In the battle, yeah, yeah, it's pretty tough. So imagine, speaking, okay, speaking of summons, <laughs> we're missing quite a few. Yeah, Ruma. Yeah, yeah, but speaking of in-game summons, yep. Why am I not allowed to summon him when I want to? The game should not tell me, okay, now you can summon... No. I have this materia. Yeah. I want to use it now. The trade-off is it doesn't take a materia slot like it did in the old game. You just shove it up your butt or something. I don't know. And it just comes out when you need it. It's I get that. that free slot. I get that, but... It's a lot like Final Fantasy XV there, honestly. And, there, and they don't cost materia or MP. There was a couple of battles where I was like, I could kind of use the summon right now. <laughs> or, you know, you were in a battle and, okay, cool, I have a summon. I'm going to summon Ifrit. Oh, no, I can only summon Chocomog or yeah. Carbuncle. Yeah. That just, that's one of the things as a purist that yep. rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, for sure. And I, I see the fate of Master Materia. That's going to be supremely disappointing in the third installment. I think so, yeah. Like, we're all going to be super bummed about it. There's going to be lots of nasty letters written, but uh, that's just the way it's going to be. You mean more nasty letters than are being written right now? I know, <laughs> but at the end of all that, you got to put some love because they finally did the thing. Kind of. But at the end of the day, I just lay it out there. I thoroughly enjoyed this new version of Seven. Oh, I enjoyed it. It I... is not Seven like I love. No, no. Um, on, on that same note, getting into the meat of the story, you know, at the beginning, you, it feels like it's going to be a one for one remake right then mm -hmm. and there. But then, you know, one of the, as a, again, as a purist, one of the things that kind of struck me off guard was how early and often they introduced Sephiroth. They, as I keep going back to this, but as a purist, yeah. you know, you have the flashbacks of Nibelheim. Yep. You know, early in the game, you have, you know, all these flashbacks that you're having. I'm sitting here playing the game thinking, no, no, this doesn't happen till disc two. Yeah. No, no, we don't find about the find out about this till way later. Yeah. See, it's obvious the reason why they did all of these is they're, they're playing the seeds for the players that are going to come back to part two and part three, and they're going to flash back to... Wait a minute, that makes sense now. Now, see, and the the part where I was just finally like, all right, nope, this is just, this is a completely new game. You don't fight Sephiroth for so very long. Right. And then you, I mean, so you didn't actually fight him in this section, but where it's Sephiroth's over there, Cloud's right here, there's this big brown rock, I'm like... You have to feed, you got to fight so much. That is the end. Like, credits roll after this. Right. He is the boss. What are you doing? Yeah. It, but, I mean. I loved it. I loved the <laughs> boss fight. I, I knew it was going to come. Because you can't split up a game like Final Fantasy VII. Obviously, for the purists, yes. Sephiroth doesn't come until later as a boss. But I knew this fight was going to come because mm -hmm. of the icon that Sephiroth is. Yeah. So they were going to put him in for the end. Like, but you know, during that boss fight, you're not really fighting him. 
but it's him, but it's not him. You just keep going back and forth on that. I still had that tinge of fear. I was like, I'm, I'm terrified. Like, I don't want to fight him, but I want to fight him. And then you start hearing the one-winged angel. I'm like, yep. Yeah. PTSD from the original, from I, Kingdom how did Hearts. You feel about the one wing when it actually. Oh my wing. god! I was like, oh yeah. yeah. Like my wife, my wife kept saying. What's with all the feathers? What's with the feathers? Because he's a one-winged angel. And I was like, just just wait. You're going to see. You'll get it. Yeah. But the second that wing came out during the boss fight and his OG version of his theme started playing, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be here for a while. I, I was actually really shocked at how I managed to pull through. I got through it on my first try. And yeah. I, I'm jumping up and down and screaming in my apartment. Like, I pulled it off. I don't know how I did, but I pulled it off. How, how did you feel about Zack? Oh, oh, man. This, I'm, you're not, in a normal playthrough, you don't know about Zack. Right. He, he shows up in an off comment from an NPC you don't have to talk to. Right. It. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to put into words how I feel necessarily about it. Like, I loved the game. It was fantastic. But it was just so much different than the original. And I almost feel like they lied to us. I, I, I would have to concur. Like, they promised us a 7 remake. They delivered. But this... This is too much of a new and, game. Right, and they they made the first part a one-for-one. One. Mm -hmm. And that's the demo they fed us. Yep. So that everybody was like, sweet, we're getting a one-for-one one remake. I know they're going to change a few things, but this is going to be fantastic. Yep. And then all of a sudden they said, here's a couple shovels full of doo-doo. Yep. See, this is what I think is actually going on. Yes, to a degree, it's a remake. But... When I go back and I re-listen to some of the dialogue towards the end with Aerith, how this is, quote-unquote, our chance to make things right, to do it right. Yes, Final Fantasy VII came out over 20 years ago. That was the game we all played, and that was the story we experienced. That's the game that we've all grown up loving. Greatest game ever made. For all of our days. But, what if... Square Enix has decided to rewrite their property. And it is their property. They have the right to do that. Then name it something different. This is what I think is going on. In the beginning, it's a remake. Towards the end, it's obviously something different. What if Aerith was never actually supposed to die? I swear, if they don't kill her, what if, if they allow her to live... But what I'm saying is, what if... That was originally what was not supposed to happen. Because you look back at... I want to say it was the final fight before the game goes after Cloud and Genova. You got that open space. What if Aerith was supposed to be there? No. Her dying is what drives the rest of the story. It's... When she dies, that's when Cloud, Barrett, Tifa... They say, that's it. We're seeing this through. We're, you know, this was, this is what she wanted. We knew this, we it's, knew who she was. I get that. It's a galvanizing moment. Right. For the crew. Yes. I, and I understand that. And I empathize with that. 
So how can you say maybe she wasn't supposed to die? Because she maybe that's what the developers didn't have planned originally. She absolutely was supposed to die. What else are they going to use for that moment? They're going to kill Biggs and Wedge again. <laughs> Bring, I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be dead too. Right. Wait, like when Wedge was was in the Shinra HQ, I'm like, no, no, he wasn't. I'm like, no, 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 no. You fell off the tower and died. So okay, I'll play devil's advocate for you a little bit here. So okay, so Aerith was supposed to live in the original. Sure. Okay. Let's 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 say they're gonna fix that. Well, we've. J- she got run through with a 12-foot mass immune. You don't survive that. Masamune. Whatever. Been going since one, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, towards the end of the game, there's that moment where Aerith and Sephiroth kind of... They don't actually, but it's like a locking eyes moment. What if they're the only two that know what happened back then? See, I... We're, we're introducing time travel into a video game, and that has only gone right exactly one time. And I had this argument with myself last night for about 30 minutes. Chrono Trigger is the only game that has ever done tra- time travel right because it was a time travel game. Now you're going to shoehorn it into Final Fantasy VII. Well, that's Nomura for you right there. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, Aerith says this one exact line. Mm-hmm. What lies beyond here is boundless terrifying freedom like what if she knew she's supposed to die but she also knows that if they walk through that portal so she's a clairvoyance now she is etc i think what's going on is they're they're going to introduce optional like not optional but based on the choices you make this story path based on the choices you make that story path so there's gonna be a path where Aerith lives and i'm gonna go load up an old save point I'm going to make different choices because she needs to die. She needs to get run through. <laughs> they put it in the manual. In more ways than one. Right now, we're looking <laughs> more... We're looking at more of a multiverse of Final Fantasy VII. Don't do that to my game. Please don't do it. You're gonna, so, there, there should have been roughly an 80-20 split on one-for-one remake. A little bit of new stuff. Yeah, you got to add new stuff if you're only releasing one-third of a game. Right, like I appreciate the expanded Walmart. I appreciate the added Jesse missions, you know. But to completely change the narrative of this game makes me feel cheated and lied to. So we talk about the end of the game now. We'll go ahead and just dive in on final boss out on Midgar Road not being motorball this giant thing in the sky <laughs> and his three little avatars that you talk about the heartless yeah i suddenly <laughs> felt like i was playing kingdom hearts yeah. exactly yep you know you know it's well you have these three guys and you defeat them and it deals damage to the big boss that it felt like kingdom hearts to me yep i mean that's once again that's tetsuya nomura for you <laughs> you know and, it's. I understand being the whole OG fan, but in respect of Yoshinori Kitase, who was still on this game, he's the one who came out and said, if we were to do one-to-one remake, it would just be boring. We got to keep it, we got to keep surprises. Yeah. 
That's it, why I believe... Then make a different game and name it something different. To use these characters and this storyline because you know that the purists and the OGs are going to dive right in. They wanted to expand seven. cheap. They could have put Final Fantasy VII on a box, never showed me any screenshots or any promo And material. I would have bought it. I'd have snapped it right up. I mean... How many copies did Final Fantasy sell in its you know short lifetime? Like something like twenty million copies. Yeah, it is the most purchased Final Fantasy. And if you only sell half as many at sixty bones, you made your money and change. Plus all of like now everybody's finally seen it. Oh, we we remade. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think I, we need to just hold off until it's all said and done to reserve final judgments. Well, here we are, 15 years later, um, still waiting on part two to be released. But, uh, you know, we're, we did get back together, and we're going to continue griping and complaining and apologizing for Final Fantasy VII, the remake. Yeah, I guess this we're uh, holding off judgment. <laughs> <laughs> we held off 15 years, so here's judgment. Right. Uh, no, um, but what do you guys... What do you guys expect going forward? What are you looking forward to the most going forward with the, continu- I guess, the continuation of the remake? Like, what do we, like environment-wise or just in general? Just in general. <clears throat> I mean, I'm looking forward to a lot. You know, Rock- I, Rocket Town, Wutai, Nibelheim. I, I think they're going to really, really expand on Fort Condor. That's going to be a whole section. Oh, yeah. Um, matter of fact, like I like I said, my wife is playing the original, and mm-hmm. that she just went through there, and I had to explain the whole battle mini game to her, and I think in the the remake, I I just I just envision them doing so much with that mm-hmm. battle mini game. Yeah, I think so too. I, even in the original game, just like what a missed opportunity that that wasn't a game with the golden saucer, but. You know, the stupid Chocobo house thing was. The arm wrestling. <laughs> I'll stand here all day and play Fort Condor. Because that was a ton of fun to do. I mean, aside from just how important it was. And then, you know, speaking of Gold Saucer, that's going to be fantastic that's also. Be awesome. That's definitely, like you just said, that's also going to be another whole section guaranteed. Uh, I, so you said you had an idea on where you thought we were going to end on disc, or on part two, not disc two. I think... Part two could end either with, and Scott stresses this continuously, Eric's death, the most likely ending. Yeah. Or when uh, shortly after Eric dies, you find Sephiroth, the real Sephiroth. And mm-hmm. Meteor is summoned. <clears throat> yeah. And then cuts to black. Yeah. You know, it just ends with that. Either way, one of those two endings is just going to end with that impending sense of doom and dread. I think so. Like, that's where part two has to end. You gotta feel like all hope is lost. Yeah. Even though you know it's not, for people like us, uh, going back to the new players, all hope is lost. I'm really looking forward to uh, Chocobo breeding and racing. (laughs) That's one of my favorite parts. Gotta get that golden Chocobo. No, absolutely. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Are they gonna give you Knights of the Round? I was gonna say, are we gonna get the (laughs) ever-important Knights of the Round? If Bahamut's a tough fight in the VR, Bahamut. how how tough are the knights gonna be? Oh, Jimmy, jeez. 
So anyway, you're looking forward to to Chocobo breeding Golden Saucer. Yeah, yeah. I, I just with what they did with Walmart, mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see with everything that's at Gold Saucer. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see how they do it. Well, just sure. imagine if some guy with a gun blade pops up in the middle of the Gold Saucer and moments. And start talking with Cloud, and they both agree that 13 is the worst number. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Team Four Star, for that joke. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, I think the part I'm looking forward to is actually Cosmo Canyon. Um, oh, yes. That, I mean, Mugenhagen. Yes, everything is red, We like, but I still think it's going to be so beautiful. Um, and Bugenhagen, and then the planetarium that he takes you through. Oh, the planetarium is going to be fantastic. Okay, so, like, imagine this. You got that moment where the plate drops in the remake right now, mm-hmm. and it's just, you feel shattered on the inside. Yeah. Imagine how that moment's, how you're going to feel when Red 13 is bad-mouthing his father, but then you real he learns yeah. that yeah. his dad is actually yep. petrified, still alive, and he's actually crying off of the mountain. You know, like, that's, that's going to be worse. That's part of what I look forward to as well. Just, like, that that gripping emotional moment that, I mean, movies are good, but you're never going to get that out of a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, just how deep it got you. Um, I'm looking forward to one of my favorite extra characters, Vincent. Mm. Man, you, th- you see all these girls and new fans pining <laughs> over all of the Final Fantasy boys like Barrett and Cloud right now. Yeah. Just imagine what's going to happen. Yeah. The flood when they all see Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> Vincent Valentine is the man. But it's cool because he's going to follow you around for like two hours, but like that's towards the end and you don't have enough time <laughs> to like program in all of his stuff. Right, like right. He's there. He shoots a gun. Preaching to everybody <laughs> who got upset because he couldn't play his Red 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, yes, definitely looking forward to Vincent and just the, well, I mean the dynamic shift that it's going to add with the way his limit breaks work. Where in the original you lost control of him, right? So, I, and I, I'm sure that's the way it will work this way. But he's always been one of my favorite secondary characters. His story is a very interesting one too. Like probably the most interesting backstory out of all of them because mm-hmm. he was in love with Lucrecia mm-hmm. and then he got stuck into the coffin and put into a coma essentially. He was a former Turk. Wasn't he the leader of them actually? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the former leader of the Turks yeah. and then Hojo locked him away kidnapped Lucrecia got yeah. her pregnant with Sephiroth but, and then on top of that injected Genova cells into Sephiroth through Lucrecia. Yep. Maybe they'll mix in some dirge of Cerberus. Oh my gosh. Uh, there, there is so much story available just from that game. Are you kidding me? The ending of Dirge of Cerberus still leaves it open because you can bring back Genesis from Crisis Core. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just continue to ruin Final Fantasy VII <laughs> by just bringing in all these characters you right. have no business knowing about. I don't know. I mean, like, I think it would be a really interesting way to connect Crisis Core and... Church of Cerberus in the upcoming parts. I mean, we've got time travel now, so why not? I mean, Zach's still alive, apparently, so he can come back and talk about Angeal and Genesis and everything. <laughs> it's the multiverse. Multiverse theory. Yeah. I mean, like, if we had to cap off, you know, wrap this up, tighten a bow, whatever, yeah. what was the biggest emotional moment for us? The, in, in the remake? Right. Who, uh, you know, like I said, I 
having finished it now a little over 12 hours ago, um, you know, just when you, you got to Tifa and, you know, we all knew Don Corneo was, was a pretty gross dude mm -hmm. in the original, but the way they fleshed him out and just how, how much you want to hate him for his various characteristics of, you know, he's a very being, fun character. Aside from being a womanizer and, you know, plus minus a rapist, like, you, you want to hate that guy, but he has a very deep character. Like, they fleshed him out. They made him an entire person rather than, you know, four stereotypes stapled together. So when you finally go back to the mansion the second time and you're going to give him his due after you get his information out of him, it's like, finally, this guy. Oh, uh, and then you find out yeah. about Leslie. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a, a big moment for me. I'd um, like to see him return, honestly. And get, yeah, I'd like yeah. to see his story get continued. And well, he get, goes like, out into finish. the world. Yeah, he goes to find his his fiance. I know, and that's what I'm hoping we get yeah. to see, like a happy ending or something. Yep. So that was it. everybody loves a happy ending. For me personally, I have two moments. Um, it was the one where. When Cloud crashes through the church, mm -hmm. sees Aerith and like actually begins knowing her, and he has that premonition of her death, I actually had to pause the game, put down the controller, and take a step back because Aerith's death is a, a big personal deal for me, mm -hmm. and I'm just not—I mean, like I'm ready to, but I'm not ready to see that brought to life in such a manner. So when they were actively teasing, this is what we're gonna do. Well, yeah. now probably do. I, I just had that moment, like, I, I got to take a break. Yeah. And then what actually broke me down, like, another pause the game, put down a controller, and I, I actually stopped playing for the night after this, when the plate drops and Jesse dies, Biggs, quote-unquote, dies, yeah. Sector 7 gets destroyed. You see Kate Sith, which made me happy. I was like, oh, shit, there's Kate Sith. <laughs> but that was, that was the moment where... I was playing, and I was like, I'm done for the night. I don't mm -hmm. want to play anymore. Yep. What about you? What was... I said, the, uh, with, um... Leslie, Leslie and Corneo. Leslie and Corneo, and... Yeah, how much you want to hate that guy. <laughs> and how much you want to root for, for Leslie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think... For me, you There wasn't one defining moment. Yeah. It was the moments where it was one for one with mm -hmm. the original. Yeah. You know, where you're swinging on the cable off of the, the, falling, yeah. the falling tower or a plate. Yep. When, you know, when you're climbing up the wall in Wall Market. Yep. You know, just the, the things that took me back to my childhood. Yep. Um, that, that's... That, sitting there with a the pizza and a can of Mountain Dew. That's right. That, that's that's what it was for me. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the continuation of this story. Yep. However long in the future it may be. I think we. It'll. Realistically it'll, speaking, I think we're looking at maybe a two year wait. Yeah. That, they I have. Think that's about right. They have their foundation. They have yeah. their code. Everything. They know how to develop what's everything going forward. Yeah. The only difference is that right now, obviously the next two parts aren't necessarily going to be linear like Midgar was. Yeah. And, you know, now you're in the open world. You can go and choose. Let's go to Rocket Town. Let's yeah. go to the Gold Saucer. Let, let, let's figure everything out. I mean, for the purists, 
You yeah. know how the story goes. You're going to want to go here, then here, then here, then there. Yeah. Go to, go to Column, find out about the Medgar Zolom, go get assassinated by that thing nine times before you figure out you're supposed to have a chocobo. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see the dead one, and you're like, did Sephiroth do this? Oh, no. <laughs> but anyway, um, thanks, guys, for hopping on here with us. Um, thanks, for, thanks for listening. Um, everybody continue to to yeah. follow us and like and subscribe to our, our podcast here. You can follow me, Adrian, on Twitter at the Godzilla Dude. Um, you can follow me at Superman69101. Don't forget to like our page at insert coin to continue podcast. We also have our Twitter podcast our Twitter account, my apologies, at insert two podcast. Once again, name pending until we can figure something that'll fit. I don't recommend following me. <laughs> awesome well again thanks guys for having me on and and let me talk about one of my favorite games of uh, of all time hands down definitely my game of the year and year. uh i think there's only one proper way to end this da 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 da